Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We're all about the archers. I'm Philippa. And I'm Quentin. We are here. I am thrilled about this. We are here to talk to John (laughs) Telfer, who plays the wonderful and much troubled Reverend Alan Franks. John, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes, (laughs) welcome indeed. Now, John, Alan's BBC Archer's official biog reads, Not everyone's idea of the classical rural vicar. Ex-accountant Alan is a mover and shaker. Good looking, good humoured and an original thinker. Some of his more quirky schemes have occasionally raised the eyebrows of his more traditional parishioners. So I put to you, John, is Alan the archetypal trendy vicar? Well, I yeah, I don't think he is. I, I actually got a, a lovely email from a vicar who's saying, I think Alan is the perfect parish vicar, country parish vicar. He said, we, we should all aspire to being a country parish vicar like Alan. <laughs> well, we're obviously doing something right. I was given the spec for the character when I did my audition. He's a northerner, dead wife, you know, mixed race daughter, blah, blah, blah. Odd accountant, was a, was a lay preacher and then decided to take up both once his wife died. And I got all that, but uh, I had a, a very good friend of mine for many years in Bristol is Canon Neville Boundy who was the sort of spiritual advisor to the Bristol Old Vic Theatre Company. And he was a great mate. I've known him longer than I've known my wife. And in fact, he was, he's even mentioned in Judy Dench's biography, because <laughs> when, when she was doing uh, Macbeth with Ian McKellen, um, there was such apparently a palpable aura of evil created in that little studio theatre but she said, this vicar used to sit in the front, in the front row, several times a night, holding up a crucifix. And it was never <laughs> bounding, you know. So, but he is very scatologically word. I certainly couldn't use his language as Alan on Radio 4, because I wouldn't be able to get away with it. And people say, vicars don't talk like that. Actually, they bloody well do. Yeah. <laughs> John, I don't know if you know, but Quentin and I interviewed Stephen Fry a couple of years ago about his love of the archers. Oh. 
a hero. And we asked him if he were to play any character in the Archers, what character would he want to play? And he said he'd want to be your bishop so that he could record <laughs> some very interesting scenes. How would you feel about that? I would love it. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Fry's. I mean, many years ago, Tim Bentink, who plays David, who is another very old friend, and I've known him as long as I've known my wife. Tim, when you could find people's email addresses just in the early days of email, you just went online, you put Stephen Fry, and they say, gave you his email address. And he, he got in touch with Stephen Fry because it was the time when Stephen Fry had some sort of terrible stage fright thing where he had to leave the stage. There was, it was all in the press. And Tim wanted to say, look, I'm, I really feel for you you know, as a fellow actor, and I'm really sorry. And Stephen Fry was very touched, and they got in touch. And Tim, in that, at that point, still had his, his seat in the House of Lords. He's since been one of the ones who've been whittled down, whittled down. Mm. And so he had Stephen to tea at, at the House of, House of Lords. Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely guy, and I, as I say, I'm a great fan. Maybe I should try and get in touch with him as well. Be good. Now, this is, uh, this is a, an issue that we wanted to know about, John, because right. time is past since it happened, but can you now tell us what the obscene word was that George painted on St. Stephen's? Well, yes, I can. I can. It can't be it can't be mentioned on Radio 4, but I'm sure I could mention it here if you want. Allude, allude to it. Philippa will, will still right. have palpitations. Yeah. The C word. The C word. Oh, my word. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Robert, Has Robert it... Titchener is a... Right, right. Has yeah. that been washed on? It has been washed off. I've saved the script, though. I've saved the script because it's the only time I've ever seen it in a, in a Radio Four script ever in all my years. You know, and I and I've been I've been I've been you know doing radio since 1977 in one way or another, delivering plays and stuff. I've never ever seen it written in any script apart from that Archer script. Wow. So it could become, who knows, Antiques Roadshow in 30 years' time. It might be worth a fortune. Who knows? Well, it could, could be as valuable as, as Diego Maradona's shirt, you know, Hand of God shirt. <laughs> yeah, was it? How much that went for a fortune, it didn't it? Millions. Yeah, yeah. millions. I, can you understand why people, I always think, sorry, this is probably the, the vicar part of me, I suppose, but I always think, if you've got that much money, why don't you go and build a shelter for the homeless or something? We're wasting money on a bloody football shirt. I, yeah. think, I think it's obscene. Yeah. I'm sorry, I really do. I say, oh, yeah. I, I really like, you know, I'd really like to get one of those new million-pound Bentleys. No, go and get yourself a Seat and go and put the rest of the money into, into good causes. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait yeah. to win the lottery. I can't wait to win the lottery. I've had a whole raft, <laughs> a raft of things. I want to do something in, I live in Bristol. I want to do something in Bristol like they have at St. Martin's in the Fields in London. Where they, they have a wonderful setup for the homeless because I, I did mm. I did the song I wrote the song with Clive Haywood for the 2015 fundraiser for the BBC and St Martin's went out as saying 2015. Um, if, if you if your listeners want to hear it, it's called I See You and it's me and uh, and a scratch choir including Mitch Ben and various news readers and Archer's characters. Rob Titchen is there, Flick Felicity Finch who plays Ruth Archer, all singing in the choir. And they've got this fantastic setup where they've got they've got a whole room of massive washing machines and massive dryers. And people, the homeless, who they, they bed down there, they can come in and wash their clothes and dry them so they get clean clothes. If they have to go to a job interview, they've got donated suits and ties and trousers and smart shoes and things. And it's fantastic. And there are doctors and nurses on hand. And, it costs, of course, it costs a lot of money. But, my God, fund something like that in every, in every city. 
Yeah, I think you should get um, ordained, John. Oh, no, it's all right. I should be, <laughs> I should be a politician, actually. There but, you go. Well, talking of Alan, we really need to talk about the various crosses that Alan has to bear, from Peggy in the window to <laughs> trying to rescue oh, the bird God. and Bloody smashing Peggy. it. <laughs> I have to say, I'm really, I'm, I'm thrilled. I think the quality of the scripts has been fantastic in the last few years. I mean, I know, and I've known Jeremy Howe for many years, the, the editor. We, I used to work with with him when he was a BBC producer of radio drama before he became commissioning editor for Radio 4 and stuff. So we go back many years. And and it, it seems to me that the quality of the scripts is fantastic. Um, the, I, I, thought, I thought all of the stuff that, that we were getting with the, the problems with the church funding and Peggy withdrawing the funding and all, all those sort of things were terrific. And it was well, what that, a joy that, working with Jas, Jasper Carrot. What a joy! Who's playing? Who's playing? Who's playing uh, Sykesy? Sykesy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of my, yeah. my my comedy heroes. He, he wasn't was as funny. Person. He wasn't as funny at the agriculture <laughs> show as Jacob, was he? No, that was wasn't he funny? <laughs> and Jacob, funny. Jacob is now Jacob is now. We were laughing about this. Has now has now got this sort of um, um, the Archer's moniker as the sexy man of Ambridge. When Absolutely. When I, was, yeah. when I was saying to Suad, sorry, I keep my real name, Lucia, when I was saying to Lucia, I said, I mean, Jacob, he's just so boring or something like that. And she said, hmm, not everybody thinks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, he's, got a lot of fan, he's got a lot of fans amongst the fans. But just yeah. picking up on something you just said just now, I was going to ask you, as Alan, but I was perhaps as John as well, which character in Ambridge would you like to see the back of? I'm thinking Peggy. Who would I like to see the back of? I'm thinking Peggy. Uh, no, the thing is, as speaking as Alan, I wouldn't like to see the back of anybody, really. I'm glad, no, I, I was quite glad to see the back of Rob Titchener because I thought he was, oh, yes. Rob Titchener's father, actually. He was absolutely horrible yeah. to his son, yeah. both his sons. Yeah. And I thought he was beautifully written and beautifully yeah. acted, yeah. but not an attractive man. No, no I'd, I'd like to bring back people. I'd like I'd, Mike Tucker. I'd like Mike Tucker to return. Yes. And, yes. and and his and lovely wife, the actress who played his wife, I thought she was one of the best best actors on the on the show. I mean, right. it was I think it was a disaster for them to go. But no, um, put, that's but, not my but, call. I've got to push you though, John. Is is there anybody you'd like to see the back of? Only okay. Rob Titchener's father. Not I'm Peggy. Not, not Peggy. No, no. Peggy. Okay. Peggy is a, a sort of. She's allowed. She's a hundred for God's sake. She's allowed to be a bit crotchety. <laughs> I mean, she was. She was. She was awkward when she when 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 Usha and I were married, and she didn't like yeah. us, the Buddha or what it was, whatever it was, in the hallway. Mm. Get on with it. Do you know that when we did that, there was there there was the Church of England. Someone at the Church of England, the Archbishop's office, got in touch apparently with the BBC and said, "Do you really think this is on having a Church of England vicar married to a Hindu?" And uh, yeah, and the production team were able to say, actually. It's we we did a bit of research on this, and it's based on one of your own vicars in the parish of I can't remember where uh, who is married to a Hindu, and they were oh right oh we didn't hear any more about that no <laughs> carry on carry on yes carry on so John you had to do the funeral for someone who had been a silent character was it Ted and you had to do quite a long funeral for him mm. recently when Sykesy came along for mm. that yes Not, yeah. I mean, I was bewildered that there was this whole service for someone that we hadn't heard of <laughs> at all. We don't do, we do that a lot, don't we? I mean, it was like Fry's wife never appeared, you know. Yeah, never yeah. appeared. She just she just died in the flood, and then we had to grieve over her. <laughs> she she was never in the show either. There's a whole raft of the whole raft of uh, there's some some rather sexy woman who's a pain in the neck somewhere in in, in the village. I can't remember her name now. Who keeps 
who keeps interfering in things. And she's, you know, he's not a character either. Very strange. It was just an opportunity to get Sykes's jokes in, really, I suppose. Yeah. Are you referring to Sabrina Thwaite? It could be Sabrina Thwaite, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. With a name She's... like Sabrina, so you, you think of Sabrina was a was a yeah. female sexy icon, wasn't she? Sabrina, yeah. something like that. But yeah. she she has been totally silent, hasn't she? Everybody wants to totally hear from Sabrina. Totally silent for a but... while. No, yeah. I know. We need to hear yeah. more from Sabrina, I think. We do. We do. <laughs> we do. I'm curious, what what does St. Stephen's look like in your mind's eye? Paint paint a picture for us as Alan. It's a little bit, I suppose, because I've been in so many, stuck my head in so many country churches. I'm not, I haven't really settled on how old it is. I think it's probably 15th century, something like that. So it'll be sort of miniature Gothic. It's little wooden pews, except we wanted to get rid of those at one point and put chairs in. And we did, didn't we? Get rid of the pews and put chairs in. That was a, that was a big sticking point with Christians, eh? No, knowing Alan, probably yes. <laughs> well, you know, originally churches had sort of concerts and things like that in them, and people had political meetings in them, and all sorts of things over the centuries. It's just the Victorians who made it all very closed in. Mm. Yeah, I'm, so it's quite it's quite a, a small nave. There's a, there's a tower, of course, and some lovely stained glass. Some of which I, I broke with, with, with my cl- stupidly climbing up the ladder to uh, yeah yeah. But apart from that, yeah, I did think yeah. it needs another stained glass window, John. Maybe with Saren and Nova on <laughs> mentioned in it. Oh God, dreadful names. Why does nobody have real names anymore? Like John and Quentin and Philippa and things like this. I mean, Sarah and Nova. God, <laughs> there should be a law. Yeah. Isn't there a law in France against it? You can't. You can have people names. I think it's in France or Germany. There's a law that you can't. You can't use silly names. They have to be an approved list. Well, as long as as long as Alan continues to resist this dreadful stained window, that's the main thing. We hope you've talked about some of the scenes that are memorable to us, John, that Alan's been involved in. But when you think back, I mean, twenty years you've been involved now as as Reverend Alan. What are the real standout moments for you personally? I really liked the the drug story that I did very early on about the drug addict Luke who came to live at the vicarage, and I wanted to get a drug rehabilitation centre in the village. And there was some opposition, and I had to bang the table and get angry at one point. And that, I mean, it's Tom George was was uh, the lovely Luke who played lovely Luke, and that's where I, I met him. We became friends, and he was absolutely terrific. It's really strange when you when you're doing. I'm sure other cast members have talked to you about this. When you do auditions for the Archers, you you generally we used to. I don't know. I think they probably still do now. But there was a period when they didn't. You audition on tape as it were. You audition a scene, you have a scene with a cast member, especially written, and they, they listen to it in the studio, the producers listen to it, and everybody comes in. And you hear lots and lots of good people really doing this. So I was the help for the audition for Tom George as the drug addict, and uh, there were loads of really good actors coming in and doing the audition. Tom George came in and did the audition, and suddenly there was no contest. Mm-hmm. You know, I sort of went in talked to the producer and she said, oh, he's, the, he's got to be the one. You know, it's, it's, it's really strange. There's a sort of certain thing about it that you get. And I, I was lucky enough. It was lovely Angela Piper who played Jennifer Bridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. who I, I auditioned with, as it were, when I was doing my audition in 2003. And she was just lovely to work with, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Talking of auditions, John, I mean, Graham Blocky, who played Robert, was a GP mm. in real life. Yes, he and was. And he famously auditioned to play a GP in The Archers, and he was told he didn't sound sufficiently like a doctor <laughs> to get the part. Uh, I, I take I it love that it. wasn't the case with you, with Alan. Well, no, apparently it was, I, I don't know. I I accidentally, I mean, I just, I wore a, when I when I went to the audition, I wore a black T-shirt and it had a little sort of white bit on the neck and my wife said, that's really clever. That is. <laughs> I didn't realise. No, no, they, they didn't say, because you were chatting about something which was non-sort of ecumenical, not like sort of Father Ted, an ecumenical matter. So I think I think it's a, because just before me, they'd had Moy, Moy Leslie, who'd been a female vicar, I think. But they decided right. to bring in a motorcycle riding, <laughs> leather clad, you know, ex-accountant motorcycles, ex-accountant. Yeah, I know. You know, so, do you know someone? Someone actually phoned into the BBC once, and I, my my motorcycle, which had been mentioned, roared off into the distance, and they said, "Excuse me, but that's not that's not actually a Triumph TG5. You'll find that is a that you'll find it is a Yamaha 350. You know, the exhaust sound. You think, for God's sake, I can believe it. It's true. It's cheeky of us to ask, but can we just hear your voice of Alan? Because your voice is quite different to Alan's voice. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, sort of, Alan, Alan is a, a light Yorkshire, so I, I flatten everything down. When that, that is the story of the audition is when I was being auditioned and they said, we want a light Yorkshire accent for them, for him. I said, well, actually, I'm from North Yorkshire. That's my native accent from Middlesbrough, so I can talk like that if you like. So that's how you talk up there. And they said, no, thanks. We've got one of those already. <laughs> Click Felicity, who plays Ruth, who plays Ruth, was actually brought up originally. She's Her, her accent is an amalgam of Redcar, which is where she was brought up as a young girl. And then her family moved to Newcastle or around that area. So she's mm. got a sort of an amalgam of Teesside and oh. Geordie. So they said, no, we don't want we don't want Teesside. So I ended up doing a slight, just a slight northern accent, which was very different from, uh, you know, one of my one of my daughters who talked like that, you know, so she's from, <laughs> from there. She really, really that flat sort of thing from <laughs> she's from Barnsley or something like that. So so you know, we were talking. I was, I always had a sort of light accent. You're going, yeah, that like that, yeah. Well, I like that. Oh, try, we James, James and I, who plays Harrison. We, we always try. If we ever get a, if we ever get a scene together, we say, oh, it's the northern. You know, he's from, he's from, man, he's from the the west. He's from Cheshire. And I've, oh, I think I'm listening to it. I think I don't know who's who. I hear. We sound very similar. <laughs> Talking about your voice, you've done everything, proficient on TV, radio, but also you are an audiobook narrator, including Anne Cleese books. 
who we've had on because she's yes. a huge mm-hmm. as yes. fan. Yes. I actually, I did one Anne Cleves book, which was set in my native area. And it was the first time, I, and it wasn't, it wasn't a Vera, it was, it was another detective. It was the first time, I think, apart from one line somewhere, when I'd ever used a, a Teesside accent or, a, or a, an, a further Northeastern accent in any audio book. And I said, and I, I found her, her email address via the publisher and said, you know, this is wonderful. I'm really grateful to have this book because it's fantastic. I was rather hoping that she was going to recommend me for Vera because I keep telling the agent, get me a part in Buddy Vera because doesn't she do well? I mean, there's, there's yeah. What's-Her-Face playing Vera who's not from that area and doing a superb accent. Brenda yeah. Blethyn, yeah. Brenda Blethyn, where yeah. is she? Brenda. Yes. But she does this fantastic Geordie accent, you know, North but, Shields, like, you know. I, I, I was very lucky to get that Anne Cleves book. I haven't, I've only done one of, one of hers. I mean, the accents are a, a joy and uh, sometimes a curse to try. Mm. I mean, Liverpool, I'm pathetic at Liverpool. I've got to work really hard on the Liverpudlian accent. Birmingham, yeah. I can do it because I spend a lot of time in Birmingham, obviously with the Archers. Northeast is fine. Some Scottish accents are fine. My, my mother was from Inverurie in Aberdeen, near Aberdeen, and my great-uncle Wally Grant was the postie. Hey, so... <laughs> And, uh, so I've done a few David Donachie books, which is a, a, there's a sort of Scottish hero in there and various Scottish voices. And also, you know, you have a, I, I mean, I and many other actors, you, you have a, an all-purpose East European accent, which does for Polish, Czechoslovakian, Ukrainian and Russian. Well, they were talking like this, you know, like, like this, little girl. And you all sound like sort of mafia Russian villains. But, you know, who knows? You may not have got a part in Vera yet, but I mean, you, you were in Bergerac for four seasons. So oh, yeah, four seasons, four seasons, uh, five years altogether. Yeah, yeah. D- DC Willie Pettit. Do you still get stopped in the street and said, "Oh, you're in Bergerac"? Well, I mean, actually, we finished in 1991. So what's that? Thirty? Wow. Thirty-three years ago wow. was the last Christmas special we did, 1991. And yes, someone actually did stop me only the other day. I said, I know you, you're, um, said, how do you recognise me? So, oh, you know, the hair's, the hair's disappearing, mate. Yeah, that I do. And I still see John. John's a, a lovely, lovely man, lovely, become a great mate. And um, yeah, yeah we, we sometimes go on holiday together, my oh. wife and, and him, his wife. Oh, lovely. It's right. really nice. Lovely. Can we just talk about Amy? Because she's not on that yes. that often, but the affair with Chris and what do you oh. hope for Amy? I hope she comes back to Ambridge. Yeah. She's just lovely. When when we text each other, I always text her, I always, you know, text the actor. I always sign it dad. Because, I mean, the, I think she lost her father and she, she sort of became almost a single parent child with her mother. And her mother died recently. So very, very upsetting for her. And she's a lovely, lovely woman. I mean, I've, this is my third daughter. And ridiculous. I mean, the first, the first daughter, I'm sure tell tales to her, was called Natalia Kiri Fisher. You never heard this, people. You're not listening to this. He was also a rap artist called Verbalicious, who appeared on top of the pops. You know, and she would, she would just, she was, she was let go, and in a phrase, eventually, because she just keep turning up late for recordings. And she came in one. It's like I, I came into a recording session once. We were sitting in the green room, and everyone was looking at their watches, and she wasn't there. She wasn't there. And they said, "Where is she?" And I said, "I'm not her real father." You know. And then she, she turned up. Practically, practically three hours late. You know, we've all we've all done it because sometimes you're booked for an episode in the middle of the year, and even if it's in your diary, you sometimes. I mean, I got a call once. I was I was I was in bed having a cup of tea. It's a Saturday morning, 
And the phone rang and they said, hi, it's the Archers. I said, oh, hi, hello. And they said, you are coming in for the 9.15, aren't you? And I went, <laughs> leapt in the car and drove to Birmingham. Well, I got there. I got there with about an hour to spare before the end. I mean, we did all the scenes. It wasn't, we didn't, no one had to be delayed or anything. But, and I was so, I was just distraught because it's the worst thing you can be ever. But the rest of them said, oh, don't worry, we've all done it. She turned up. This is, this is my first daughter, turned up at one recording session and said, with a minute to spare before the end of the show. And she went, oh, my driver couldn't find the M5. She'd been doing some gig somewhere. I my driver couldn't find the M5. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yes. Dear. So that, that was goodbye, <laughs> Natalia, actually. Yeah. Well, too often. Um, not, Nottingham's just down the road from me, so I'll look out for Amy and send her your best <laughs> when I bump into her. Oh, um, bless her. Yeah. We'd like to see her bless back. Her. We would like to see her back. Um, yeah, I would as well. You, you mentioned music just then. Because Are you still heavily involved in in singing and composing and music generally? Uh, yeah, I'm, in, I'm heavily involved in singing. I sing with the Bristol Choral Society with, with my wife. But we're, we're prepping Verdi's Requiem at the moment, which we're doing with a peace orchestra. Wow. In the uh, middle of March in, in Bristol. And I stopped. I used to front a Bristol rock band called AFGM, formerly known as A Few Good Men. Yes. Have you stopped we, that now? Yeah, 2012 or something like that. We worked all the time. We rehearsed solidly every Sunday, whether we had a gig or not. And then I was missing my children's upbringing in all sorts of things. <laughs> well, your real children or your fictional my children. My real children, yeah, <laughs> the real ones, yeah. And I was, uh, in the end, it just got too much. But I, I miss that very much so, I mean, fronting a mm. rock band. But also, yeah. I mean, fronting any sort of band. I used to, I did front a big band as well before that, back in the 90s, occasionally right. called the Veronica Big Band. And I tell you, standing in front of a big band in your mm. suit, singing Sinatra standards with those wonderful orchestrations, those Nelson Riddle orchestrations blaring behind you, it's, yeah. it's a bit like going to heaven for me anyway. Yeah. Do you I still did compose? a lot of, yeah, I do, mm. I do. I'm not. Actually, I am sort of working on something at the moment with an, another writer, uh, a, a lyric writer. It's quite tricky. So you've got to get a sort of match of, of getting on with each other and finding your way around lyrics and things like this and how they work musically. I've done a lot of, a lot of work with the Shakespeare Tobacco Factory Company, but that's now defunct. And loads right. and loads of theatre stuff and the musical, which we're still trying to get back on the road after some years. It was very successful back in 2004 in the London Fringe, mm. but we never got a major production. And mm. we're still trying to get a major production on the ground. You blessed us with a bit of Alan. I mean, feel free to give us a bit of Frank Sinatra if you, if you want, John. But I mean, it's... <laughs> no, no, probably not, Brad. Come fly <laughs> with me, come fly, let's fly away. If you can oh, use some exotic booze, there's a bar in Far Bombay. Come oh. with me. Never mind. No, no. Fabulous. Very... I just wanted to ask yeah. you what your hopes are for Alan in the future. Well, I hope, of course, to still be the Vickers. <laughs> yes. I mean, Vickers do eventually retire, but I'd, I'd rather not be retired. The BBC, thank you. Because it's a lovely, lovely show, a lovely group of people to be part. I, I don't know. I think, I think that, oh, in fact, we... It was Peter Leslie Wilde, who's one of, one of our directors, our producers, mm. when we, we were at a very sad occasion, actually. We were at Ian Pepperell's funeral two or three weeks ago, and a lot, lot of us were there. And it was at one of these woodland burial centres. And, and it was just so beautiful, this, this place. And, and Peter Leslie Wilde said, hey, we should have a, 
we should have a woodland burial centre in Ambridge. You know, you could, <laughs> you could, you could run it. And, and Philip Malloy, Terry's son, who plays the other Grundy, you know, Will, he, wanted to play yeah. Will, he could be the groundsman, you know. Yes. Yes, and, and Jeremy, Jeremy said, "You opportunity." But I mean, that, there's there's all sorts of things you can do. We there's more need. Looking at the news, there's more need for more community work by churches take part and do things in the communities. More need for food banks and for community hubs and music and you know agriculture and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would I would hope that we could sort of move. I think the strength for me, the strength of the character is in the fact that we are in a village and a community of people and he it's the pastoral side the pastoral care side of the character which interests me i'm not interested in the religious side myself my my personal john tell for me it's the pastoral side that i i like the, the way they interact with the community and and working with wonderful suad faris who plays usha who's just such a good actress i mean she's fantastic so it's always a real joy to be working with her and with us and the other people in the cast who are also bloody brilliant, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. So more, more pastoral care. Yeah. Okay. So we come to the last question, John, which is one given to us by the last cast member we interviewed to ask you. The last person we interviewed was Daisy Badger, who plays Pip. Her question yeah. for you is, what is Alan's favourite hymn? Nothing else. <laughs> That's not in the hymnal, actually, John, that one. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Excellent. Wonderful hearing all about your extensive range of different sort of performances and characters and all that you do, <laughs> and particularly to talk about the Reverend Alan Franks, who we love so much. John Telfer, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank well, you very thank much, John. You. Thank, thank you. you, Philip, and thank you, Quentin. It's been a delightful thing talking to you too. Thank you. We'll be back next Tuesday. That's it from us. So it's a bye-bye from me. And it's a bye-bye from me. Bye-bye, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.